Hey everyone, welcome to TaxCast with Chelsea, where I give you a small dose of interesting tax news as well as answer some commonly asked tax questions. Today I'm going to discuss three main topics. First is Operation Hidden Treasure. This is not your Johnny Depp tax sequel, but rather the IRS is searching for those digital and cryptocurrency tax evaders. Also, a reality check hits reality TV stars and their CPA. I'm talking about Todd and Julie Chrisley and their CPA who were all found guilty of tax crimes. We'll discuss those tax crimes that they were convicted of and how you can avoid the same fate. Lastly, the IRS Appeals Office has listed their 2023 objectives for a better taxpayer experience. Although you may not find the IRS Appeals Office a riveting tax subject or any subject at all, it is important to know as a taxpayer what this office can do for you in case you ever find yourself in need. So what is Operation Hidden Treasure? Remember that time you thought you were buying into crypto as a hedge for the fiat currency and perhaps a way to invest without the government's prying eyes? Yeah, I've read the Bitcoin standard too. The case is made clear in that book, but don't fool yourself if you think that the crypto world is a place for tax evasion. The IRS is aware that many people are using crypto as a way to commit tax evasion. In March of 2021, the IRS announced a dedicated team looking into the transactions under Operation Hidden Treasure. And I'll quote from Forbes. This is what they say. Operation Hidden Treasure is a partnership between the Civil Office of Fraud Enforcement and the Criminal Investigation Unit to root out tax evasion from cryptocurrency owners. That was Carolyn Shank, who is the National Fraud Counsel and Assistance Division Counsel for the Office of Chief Counsel, IRS. She explained that the IRS is working on how to get ahead of the game and look for various tax evasion signatures. Signatures may include structuring, which means to literally structure transactions in increments of less than $10,000 to avoid certain reporting requirements. The use of nominees as shell corps are getting on and off the chain. The IRS is working with sophisticated vendors to identify and investigate these tax evasion signatures. So while this was announced over a year ago, I want to point out that the recent passage of the Infrastructure Investments and Job Act amended the Internal Revenue Code section so that that $10,000 requirement to file Form 8300 now includes virtual currency. Also, when they announced Operation Hidden Treasure, this was before the Inflation Reduction Act in August of 2022. So the IRS will be given over $46 billion for fraud enforcement, and now they'll be able to be more aggressive with underreported cryptocurrency as well as other tax issues. So they announced their focus. Then they added into the Internal Revenue Code the language that included the virtual currency reporting requirements. And lastly, they have now funded the enforcement branch of the IRS to ensure compliance. So remember that the IRS treats virtual currency as property, and they distinguish for tax purposes a miner, trader, investor, merchant, or someone who uses virtual currency as a currency of exchange. Keep that in mind when you're filing your tax return and where you should report that on your personal tax return. Now, let's go ahead and move over to a current tax evasion case that was exposed by the IRS. It was the recent case of Todd and Julie Chrisley and their CPA, Peter Tarantino. 
Although I've never listened to their podcasts or watched their TV shows, their tax crimes were no minor activities. It takes serious thought, deliberation, and collaboration to commit fraud. Not saying everybody does it, but in their case, this was pretty deliberate. Details on this case were provided by the Department of Justice, U.S. Attorney's Office of Northern Georgia, and this is what they describe. According to the U.S. Attorney Ryan Buchanan, the Chrisleys had conspired to defraud community banks in Atlanta area by getting $30 million in personal loans. With the help of their former business partner, they submitted false bank statements, audit reports, and personal finance statements to the banks to get these loans. They essentially created a Ponzi scheme by using new loans to pay the old loans, and of course, they were using the money to create a very luxurious lifestyle. After the spending the money, Todd filed for bankruptcy, then they became stars on their reality TV shows, and that's when they conspired to defraud the Internal Revenue Service. They did this by creating a company to receive their show income and other ventures. It's commonly done in the entertainment industry. To evade the $500,000 of delinquent taxes owed by Todd, they opened up the corporate bank account in Julie's name. When the IRS inquired more information about the bank accounts, that's when they transferred the ownership to Todd's mother. They also failed to file their tax returns, or pay any taxes from 2013 through 2016. The CPA was convicted of filing two false corporate tax returns for the company, showing that the company made no money and made no distributions in 2015 and 2016. Just so you know, each count of false preparation of an income tax return carries a maximum prison sentence of three years and a $250,000 fine. The Chrisleys showed a history of, quote, willful evasion of not only defrauding the government or banks, but they also lied to the luxury real estate agents who and rented a house where they failed to pay rent in LA. The homeowner had to file an eviction lawsuit. Again, Julie had falsified documents. Julie was convicted of obstruction of justice by submitting fraudulent documents in response to a grand jury subpoena. Right now, November 21st, or on November 21st, I should say, is their sentencing date. It's been delayed a couple of times, so we don't know what their final sentencing will be, but they could face up to 30 years in prison. The couple was found guilty on all counts of bank fraud and tax evasion by a federal jury in June. So to recap, this is how you avoid jail time. Don't file false tax returns. Don't falsify your bank statements and financials to get loans. And don't use your mother-in-law as a scapegoat to receive your defrauded funds, even if you don't like her. The last topic we wanted to, I wanted to review today is about the IRS Independent Office of Appeals. They came out with their 2023 priorities for tax service or taxpayer services. The focus guide outlines the taxpayer service initiatives you can expect over the coming year, which includes increasing stakeholder outreach, including to historically marginalized and limited English proficient communities about the appeals process. Number two, improving access to in-person and video conferences and revising letters and notices to ensure taxpayers understand that it is generally their choice on how to meet with appeals. I'll describe what that revising tax letters look like in a minute. They also, number three, said that they're going to leverage technology to improve how appeals works. 
and manage their cases. They will also continue the Practitioner Perspective Series, where tax practitioners share insights and feedback with appeals employees. Recordings of the prior panel discussions can actually be found online on their website. They also want to develop training for the appeals employees on how to enhance customer engagement. So to review the October 4th, 2022 appeals revision letters, this is what they say. Appeals resolves federal tax disputes without litigation in a way that is fair and impartial to taxpayers and the government, said April Adams Johnson, the senior level advisor to the chief appeals and appeals first taxpayer experience officer. Typically, at the start of the process, the appeals officer assigned the case sends a letter with some introductory information and invites the taxpayer or their representative to a conference. We want this letter to be clear and easy to understand for all taxpayers. So they made two key revisions in the initial contacts letters. First, they revised the initial contact letter that will clarify that generally taxpayers and representatives can choose how they meet with appeals through conferences that can be held by telephone, video, or in person. In addition, appeals can work with taxpayers and representatives through the mail or secure electronic messaging. Appeals employees can successfully resolve disputes in every type of conference, and the type of conference does not impact their decision. Secondly, in addition to the appeals officer's contact information, the initial contact letter will now provide the name and phone number of the officer's manager. While the appeals officer remains the primary contact for all their assigned cases, the addition of the manager's contact information will ensure an appeal stays on track in the rare instance additional help is needed. Going forward, taxpayers and representatives will see the new language providing the manager contact information and clarifying the conference choice in the initial contact letters. My quick take on this is the appeals office, they're changing the way they're communicating with taxpayers by giving options, utilizing technology, and being transparent with their contact information as well as their manager's contact information. I think that's a good thing considering if you're at this stage, you are generally disagreeing with a proposed adjustment or action in your tax case, and you want to appeal your case to the appeals officer. This officer is supposed to review the strengths and weaknesses of the respective positions and differences can be often settled during an informal review, thus avoiding the expensive and time-consuming court proceedings. So again, this is your final chance to have your case heard and avoid possible litigation. Thanks again for listening today as I hope you found these tax topics new and interesting. You can find the links in the show notes below to references from today's podcast. I am so grateful to the many tax professionals and publications out there that spent their time explaining new tax changes and discussing tax news. It'd be fantastic if you could hit subscribe to this podcast and I'd love to get your feedback for future episodes. So either reach out below or leave me a comment in the comment section of the podcast. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next time.